December 1st, 2021, Brady and I signed off the air for the last time on what is what was known as the Countdown Radio Show, and uh, 421 days later, we're back in a new studio on the same campus and have officially become the Countdown Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Riley Hudson, joined today and always, Brady Fitzgerald, how are you? Good, Riley. It's, it's, it's good to be back. It's a different change, it's a different studio. Whole new, uh, whole new recording system. We're not live on the uh, the radio right now. A little bit more comfortable. Yeah, yeah. It's a little more carefree. You know, there's no no pressure to mess up or you know if we need to take a pause or anything, we can pause whenever we need to. But excited to be back. Excited to talk Gamecocks with you. And we got a we got a lot to discuss. A lot's happened in the past 400 days. Absolutely. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, me and Brady are students here at the University of South Carolina, uh, studying two different fields, but have one thing in common that keeps us coming back to the mic, and that's the love for our Gamecocks. Uh, today, we're going to talk about all the things that we've missed in the past 421 days. Brady, does anything come to mind? Well, first of all, I would just like to, because this is something that is rare that happens in sports, where you get to pat yourself on the back, because you got yourself a good take, and... Not to say that we recruited Spencer Rattler to come here and got it to work, but I don't remember if this is uh, – it was definitely not when when the last time we aired off. The Rattler news definitely did not come to fruition. But we were on the air advocating for this, this young man to come into Columbia and do what he's done and take over the football scene. And I just think we should start off there with uh, our great recruiting class from last year and start off talking about the, the 2022 – Carolina football, or the Carolina Gamecocks football team. Absolutely. Um, before we go into 2022, that we had a Duke's Mayo Bowl. That's true. You're right, man. We're going, we're going all the way back. Yeah, yeah. that's that is the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Uh, that's where it seemed like that was, I guess, probably yeah. That was the only game we didn't get to cover of our of our last year on on WUSC. Yeah. And uh, what seemed like the biggest question going into it was the quarterback was the only game where we really had it figured out and uh, Dak Joyner. Um, I don't have the stats right on me, but, uh, you know, he went off. He, um, he, I, I know he had at least two touchdowns to, uh, now that I think about it. Um, and he seemed like a very viable option going in. Of course, we didn't know at the time that we were going to get Rattler. Um well, and going into the going into the game, let's not forget Jason Brown had just transferred to Virginia Tech. That's right. And it was it really we didn't really know who was going to be quarterback. We just figured it was going to be Zeb Nolan, and Marcus Scatterfield comes in and coaches one of the best games he's coached ever as a as a Carolina Gamecock, and has this dual wield with Dak Joyner, Zeb Nolan, a lot of running with Harris. I mean, Jaheim Bell had 159 yards that that game. Uh, alone and this it was just a, a great surprise from the offense where it was been a little dormant the past like we mean we scored zero points against Clemson the week uh, a, a couple weeks prior a month yeah, prior nothing yeah so going in there and actually having a guy produce offense and have it be fun uh, you have the Mayo dumping on Shane Beamer it just seemed like the whole start of this Beamer era and I know it's not the official start, but it was right after his, his year zero. That's what we called it on the the WSC. 
year zero. So yeah. now finally wrapping that all in, it was like the perfect little little way to end that season. Yeah, and I don't think there's much else to say. Uh, we finally proved, or we didn't finally prove, we knew, or we proved to the rest of the world who the real Carolina is, at least in the uh, football perspective. Um, but, but since then, we've beaten them in basketball, in not men's basketball, but women's basketball. We've beaten them, I think, in like tennis for the first time in a couple years. We've beaten them all over the place. And definitely, yeah, as you said, proven that we are the real Carolina. Yeah. Um, so staying on the football note, uh, that offseason, we obviously picked up uh, Spencer Rattler. And it just seemed like Carolina football was only going to go up from there. Um, <clears throat> as a as a season as a whole, yeah. What would what grade would you put? Uh, what grade would you give Spencer Rattler, keeping in mind your expectations for him going in? Yeah, Rattler had a had an odd year because he ended it super high, and it ended. It seemed like towards the end, like every every Gamecocks fan seemed like they kind of forgot all of the the troublesome games that he had in between. Um, like he threw and early he he threw a lot first. I mean he didn't have to do much versus Georgia State. It was a it was a warm up game, and then he, they come into Arkansas, they lose by by fourteen. But he throws three hundred seventy yards, and the my my perspective from there was like this is what the norm should be. You know we're going against SEC teams. He should throw for not you know not almost four hundred yards, but at least at least three hundred. Try to get a couple touchdowns, and he looked good. Then it went on this weird stretch, and I'm sorry, I know you just asked for a grade, but I'm, I'm giving you the No, 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 no I love it. Uh, he went on this weird stretch from Georgia all the way down until we played Tennessee where it looked like they had no idea how to use him. Mm-hmm. And they, they were making him throw these, these little screen passes and dump-offs, and the offensive line gave him no time in the pocket. So it was, it was so troublesome to think, like, what happened when you can throw for 377 yards against the number 16 Arkansas. And that was a great defense at the time. We weren't supposed to hang around with them at all, and we ended up hanging around with them. And for that to all turn around at this Tennessee game, which was just like just such a miraculous turnaround, and to end off how he ended off, that's how I expect him coming into next year. But the letter grade I'd give is I give him a B minus C plus. B minus C plus. Yeah. That's kind of how I'm feeling. <clears throat> he uh <clears throat> excuse me. He had an 18 to 12 inter- touchdown interception ratio this year. Um 3000 passing yards. Not fantastic, not not terrible. No, nah, it's not terrible. Um he had, his passer rating actually went down from his seasons at uh at uh, Oklahoma. Uh 66% completion rating. Can was I that see? down? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, it, it was. It was. Mm-hmm. Even uh, even his year he got benched, 21. He uh, he had a better completion percentage. Yeah, and something I didn't know is that the year before he got benched, he had a a full season, or at least stats wise, it looked like he had a full season. Yeah, he did. That's why he was coming into being the Heisman favorite that next year. Yeah, for some reason I thought he was a he was a freshman. No, it looked like he was a freshman back in 2019. Yeah, but uh. Talking about that going into that Tennessee game, obviously you went uh, from scoring literally zero offensive points against Florida to the most miraculous offensive performance we've ever seen 
at least while we've been students here, and, and probably history for a long wise. time. And well, in history wise, the most touchdowns thrown at William Bryce Stadium by a by a Carolina quarterback. Yeah, and they ran out of uh, touchdown fireworks. Of course, they didn't run out of fireworks altogether, but they ran out of touchdown fireworks. And I, 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 that still haunts me to this day because I decided, you know, they scored zero offensive points the week before. I, I, I sold my ticket for like fifty bucks. I was yeah. like, they're, I was like, they're not gonna, they're not gonna score a point against Tennessee. Oh yeah, that's right. You weren't there. Nope. And I went to, uh, I went to Atlanta that night. Went to see a Hawks game. It was still good experience. Got to see Atlanta for the first time. Got this good old Hawks game. But on the drive home, just sitting there in agony on my three-hour drive home as. I hear them on the radio in the second half just blowing them out. Yeah. And I was just, oh, my God, what did I do? How and am I not there? Yeah, me me personally, uh, as you know, I uh, follow Tennessee football and Tennessee athletics really closely. Um, I was wondering when that was going to get brought up. Yeah, well, and you especially know. especially it's the first episode, just – let everyone know you're a closeted Tennessee fan. No, no, let's not <laughs> let's not get into that too soon. Um, but just going into that game, um, of course, me and my dad were talking, and it's just like I we were in my mind. I have never felt more confident about a Tennessee win in my life. Uh, you had you had South Carolina, who was just <clears throat> we were terrible. raveling. We were unraveling. Just I mean, all the way down. I think they're at the time they were like number twelve, number thirteen in the SEC in terms of offense, but it felt like number fifteen, even yeah. though there's only fourteen teams. <laughs> um, but going into and they scored zero points against Florida, uh, and Tennessee, obviously the number one scoring offense and the and just number one offense in total going into that game and finishing out the season actually. Um, South Carolina, it seemed like they had decent, not great, or defense, um, and Tennessee's defense, and I never even thought about Tennessee's defense, but uh, that turned that came down to be the, the deciding factor, and because if I knew that Tennessee didn't have a very good defense, but I didn't, I thought their you offense would be that bad. Yeah, it, I, in my mind, I was just like great offense is a good defense. And I mean the South Carolina they just found they just found holes, they found the right plays. Um Spencer Rattler, it seemed like he was just he he felt on, he felt comfortable in the pocket and he felt comfortable with the plays they were running. Um just looking at the difference between uh their last home game, which I can't remember what it was, and uh the Tennessee game, the time that uh the time in between plays in the first half was Probably ten seconds faster than the previous game. That I was the thing. We were we were moving the ball. We were going. We were doing fast paced movement, just letting them throw it. And yeah. it seemed like they finally got in a rhythm. Where at the, the last home game that you're referring to was against Mizzou, where we only scored ten points and looked like it looked like nothing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they were. They were. They just looked a lot more comfortable on offense, and obviously they were. Um. They held Tennessee's defensive line, which was probably their best, uh, the best part of their defense. I think, I wish I had the stats right in front of me, but they they had at the most two sacks. Um, I may be wrong, but it just being there at the game, which I was at the game. I was there with my buddy, uh, who lives up in Virginia Beach now. Um, he was uh, he's also a, he he was a a one hundred percent Tennessee fan, um, <laughs> and we were there. Um, we didn't have Tennessee stuff on. I had Carolina stuff on. He had, 
I think, a flannel on. Just trying to stay neutral. Didn't yeah. want to be. Yeah, because I heard it got pretty hostile. Got hostile here in Columbia. It was. It was hostile after the game, honestly, because before the game, it was just. It was like, all the Tennessee fans chirping. Yeah, well, not not even that. Or not, not at least at the tailgate I was at. Of yeah. course, I was buddies with everybody at the tailgate I was at. But um, after the game, it's just – or let me start with before the game. Before the game, Carolina fans were just like, man, I can't stand all these Tennessee fans around here, but what am I going to say? Yeah. Then after the game, you know, you have all the confidence in the world to go up to them Tennessee fans and just say, hey, we took care of business. And the biggest thing for me is that – the winner of that game was the winner of that game, and what I mean by that is South Carolina didn't, uh, or Tennessee didn't lose that game. They did, The refs didn't win that game. South Carolina won that game, and they made it look like if they played ten times, they'd win all ten. Yeah, they really did. It was it was that big of a boat whooping, and the, the sadder part on the Tennessee side was not only did you lose this game, it's going to hurt your playoff contention, but... Later in the game, when it, it didn't even matter anymore, you guys weren't going to come back. Uh, you guys, Tennessee wasn't, <laughs> wasn't going to come back. Uh, poor Hendon Hooker tears his ACL and is now his season's done. The Heisman Trophy's out the window. The, the playoffs is out the window because they're not going to put in your backup quarterback yes. in the playoffs. So it, that was, that, that was uh, like, from a Tennessee side, this was like a nuclear bomb hitting your franchise. Yeah, it was... Um, it, it's, it's, you just can't put it into words. It was so unexpected, such a blind side. And it, it just, Carolina came out of the gates and just you showed him who was boss. Business. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but moving on to the Clemson game. Yes. This one at Clemson, there was, we, we ended up back to back weeks. The Gamecocks stormed the field. They stormed the field in, in Williams Bryce. We paid the fine, whatever. And then, after the Clemson win, the one-point victory, it can't get any closer than that, uh, we stormed the field in, in Clemson, and that was, that was just such a sweet... I mean, I wasn't there, but it was just such a sweet moment to see on TV. Uh, afterwards, they came back on the bus. Everyone who... Because it was still Thanksgiving break, so everyone who was back, uh, we, I got a bunch of people to, to go down. We, we, we waved them in hello. When they got off the bus, we got to see the trophy. Oh, you were there? Yeah, I high five oh, cool. Beamer. I saw the videos. What did you say? I said I saw the videos. I didn't know you were there, though. Oh, yeah. And uh, we got to see the trophy. Kai Kroger walked out. I mean, and th- that was a that was a special game because it wasn't – like because it was close the whole time. Mm-hmm. And it, not only was it Clemson, but it was – we were kind of whooping their butt, yeah. it seemed like. And they, they, were, they were holding on. They were staying in. And this, our special teams – just coming in and taking care of the win and taking care of business, yeah, it doesn't get sweeter than that. No. Um, I think you said it all. I We're going to get into Shane Beamer's contract extension a little bit later, <clears throat> or I guess soon, but uh, if he didn't, uh, there had to have been something in his contract that said, you beat Clemson, you get a raise. There had to have been. <laughs> because, I mean, that it seemed like it happened pretty quick. And if uh, if I'm the, if I'm a um, if I'm the, if I'm the excuse me if I'm the athletic director I'm putting something in that contract saying saying that if you beat Clemson I know you're you're gonna you're gonna get the keys to Columbia pretty much and that's what it felt like after that it was 
you know, it was the Beamer Love Fest. I mean, these two games back-to-back is literally the perfect way you could possibly end a college football season. And but with having such a mediocre year the year before, it is just such a great way to bring everyone together, get everyone excited for next year, and really it puts it puts expectations on this Gamecocks team for next year, which worries me a little bit, but I think bringing back Rattler and Wells again and bringing in some new pieces is is going to help with 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 the expectations. Yeah, and uh, Shane Beamer's first year recruits are you know I think that, that this would make them sophomores coming up. Yep. So they his, his guys are starting to get in here and um, he, he's I, I can. I can't see them getting any worse. No, and that that would be that would be a complete disaster for this franchise. They can't as fans, as students here, we can't we can't go in and be like against Georgia next year. We should be not expected to win, but just put up more than 7. Yeah. And make it some sort of ball game. Like we we think as fans and as rational college students like that we are right in the mix. And the last two games showed and the the loss to Notre Dame, it was a I hate saying a good loss, but it was a it was a fine loss. They put up points. The rushing attack was a little was a little weird. But like there as I said earlier, there's expectations now that we should keep up with the big boys because we have at the end of this year. So it's uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how they handle pressure. Yeah, it, it, but it is a hard time to peak right now. Uh, in the in the years past, uh, probably pre twenty twenty, it was always the guys in the West have it the hardest because mm-hmm. you know they they've got they've got the monster that is Bama to take care of. Yeah, and um, just going back to Tennessee, you know, like ever since two thousand six, uh, Alabama was the was the threshold they had to get through. To get back to that national championship, they did it this year. But there's a new, there's a new sheriff in town. It's a new dog in town. New dog in town from Athens, Georgia. Yeah, and I'm so like I'm like they're already, I like I already hate them more than Bama just because I I mean as a, as a person who didn't really care about college football until we I went to college. Sure, but the I mean just the Bulldogs they're just like, they were just dominating this whole year. Yeah. And I'm surprised they – I was shocked how close they were to Ohio State at the end of that game. And Ohio State should have won the game if their freaking kicker didn't poop down his leg. Yeah. But that – like, that, the fact that they just complete like, 65-7 to 7 is not only the biggest in any college football playoff game, but in any college football bowl game of the biggest deficit of all time. Yeah. And it really puts in perspective that – uh, the, these people or these, these group of people. gentlemen that are putting in or that are have a vote on uh, who gets into the playoff. It's two years now. You got Cincinnati last year. They put up a little bit better fight than sixty-five to seven, but they were playing a different team. And this year you got TCU. It's 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 time to stop letting these group of five non. Well, now it's it's twelve teams. So not only we're we gonna have one group of five. Yeah, that's right. We're going to have next year or the uh, I, think I think it's it next year. No, I think it's next year. Oh. But uh they not only will it be I can I can research it but it, the it not only will it be one team that doesn't deserve to be up there. It's going to be like six. And they like 
the fact that they went from four to twelve is such a drastic change. Where eight was sitting right there. If you wanted to expand it, try it out a little bit. You have the eight, but I just think twelve. We've already seen by the time the playoffs is over. It's still going to be the final four teams that yeah. it should have been in there. Oh, but- yeah. Well, people always wanted to get to go to 12. I thought it was fine at two because, in my mind, I have yet to see a year where there's been more than two teams that are, is the best team in the nation. Um, but now Oh, that you're you- right. Sorry. One more season of oh, yeah. four teams. Oh, yeah. But uh, now that you bring up the 12-team playoff, uh, looking at South Carolina – now you are. It's not all about just getting to Atlanta. It's all about limiting it to two losses. Yep. All right. Now we're we look like we look like Clemson now. It's like we have a little breathing room. Yeah. It's like you almost get a you get a safety net a little bit of what you can do because it's not as it's not going to be as strict and it's not going to be as uh like as judge. It's not going to be up to the guys who who did it. The, like, and it, it will be, but, you know, not as four. Four yeah. is a lot smaller than 12, and you're right. It's going to look like there's going to be a lot of play, people that go in and they go, hey, we're in the college football cha- or college football playoffs. Like, what a big deal, what a big deal. And it won't be – you'll just be the number 12 seed. Yeah. It won't and be as big as a deal as if, if you were the num- top four. And I don't think there's going to be as much complaining about why didn't we get it. There better not be. No. There's 12 teams There's making 12 it. Teams. They better not be any complaining. And, uh, like, 12 teams is, is uh, in my opinion, way too much. I mean, I love college football. More games, the better. But 12 teams is a lot. And Well, we're gonna, the issue is we're going to see a lot of matchups that we've already seen in the regular season. Yeah. But the th- I think people want more teams in the playoff because it's they, they look at the NFL and they see, hey – they get or they get different champions every year, give or take. Yeah. And every year there's, you know, half the playoff field is normally a new teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but college football, but, but in the NFL, you know, they have the draft where the worst team gets the best player. They have free salary agency. caps, yeah. a free agency, contracts. Their league is made to be fair. Yeah. Not in college football. College football, yeah. there's no you, – you, they don't go to Saban and just like, okay, you've got your you three five-stars. Yeah, stars. you can't recruit anymore. Yeah, move on to four stars. Or they don't give them a maximum amount of stars that they can have. And <clears throat> which, if that was a way to do it, now that I think about it, that would be the way – To make it firm? <laughs> yeah, that yeah. would be like the Like you can have like five five-stars, that's it. No, whatever. just like a total of like, say you get – say You get, you get like, 300 stars, that's yeah. all you get. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you've got then you got teams like, uh, I don't know, Western Kentucky bringing in three hundred one stars. They'll be ready. They yeah. have a full roster right there. But uh, yeah, there shouldn't be any complaining about getting in. But going back to South Carolina, we kind of got yeah. Off track I was going to say we kind of got in a tangent. Uh, this is all about the past, uh, or at least these last four hundred twenty one days. Mm-hmm. But one last thing before we move on is imagine. Before we graduate, getting to see a playoff game played in Williams Bryce Stadium, because they're playing, they're they're not going to be hosting different. Uh, it's if would I, it be at home? From what I understand, yeah, the first couple rounds are going to be uh, the higher seeds oh. home field. So that would be the most that would break the sound barrier of South Carolina. There yeah. has been, and 
when when we beat Tennessee at home, that atmosphere was loud enough that it showed up on a Richter scale. Yeah. Yeah, like an earthquake scale. I didn't know that. That's yeah. crazy. So like there was it reports. Was there was reports that like, hey, there's an earthquake in South Carolina, and it wasn't no earthquake. It was a sandstorm. Yeah. That thing was it was going crazy. So yeah. if that ever does happen, ever comes into fruition, know that that's going to be the loudest stadium that weekend. And I'm proud to say, like, I'm proud to be a, a part of a, a stadium that gets national news whenever whenever it's that loud. Yeah. But uh, any any last comments on football? Yeah, so last thing I want to say is going on to next year, the one thing I would like to look at, I'm looking at, it shows me on ESPN the, the schedule and it shows the highest passer, the highest rusher, and the highest receiver. What I would like to see is a lot of these games, the highest rusher has an average of like 40 yards. So I would like that to go to go up a little bit. Even yeah. in the Clemson win, 29 yards was our leading rusher from Jaheim Bell. Well, you know who's uh, who's coming as the uh, as the one spot in that depth chart on at running back. His name's uh, Mick. Mick. Oh, was, uh, Mick, what's his name? Ah, uh, McDowell. Oh, Juju. yeah, I love that guy. Yeah, I love that guy. If, I uh, do love Juju McDowell. I hope that guy. I mean, he's taken the number one from Marshawn Lloyd. Already, already pretty badass. Already, pre- actually, no, sorry, he's taken zero from Jaheim Bell, right? Yeah. So already pretty badass. Uh, I hope he can. Hope he. Hopefully he can be our number one and be a good rusher. Yeah. If uh, if you never listen to us on the radio, um, Juju McDowell is probably our favorite player around here. Uh, whenever we whenever we act like we can't remember his name, trust me, we know his name. No, we know exactly who we're talking about. Yeah. But uh, how about we talk some basketball? Oh God, you're gonna make me. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna make me watch. Talk, well, talk about it. Before uh, before we go on to this season, but the last time we were talking, or the last time we were behind these mics, Frank Martin was the head coach. That is true. So we had on the mic, it was also a good friend shout out to my my original co-host, Mr. Jay Weaver. We had a we had a nice discussion. It was should we fire Frank? Should we move on? And the team went with Fire and Frank. That's what Ray Tanner wanted to do. And now we have good old Lamont Paris. And it's a, it's a rocky start. I'll give him that. But it's year zero. He said it's going to take a while to build. We have one star player. And and Gigi Jackson. And, so, <laughs> so mean. After he just dropped 30. So mean. Uh, but... To talk about this men's team, if if you haven't been keeping up with the men's team, your your heart's probably a lot better than mine because mine's just shattered into pieces. Yeah. And where do, all right, you take the reins. Where do you want to start here? Oh, just uh, right back to where uh, whenever Frank Martin was fired, it was it seemed like it was pretty mutual, um, and I think Frank Martin was kind of getting tired of the 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 little patience that he was given or that the fans and the university was giving him. Um, and it seemed like the, the fans were, thank you, but it's time to go. Mm-hmm. Thank you for coming. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Yeah. And 
Hey, from what I understand, he's he's creating a, a great atmosphere up there at UMass. Uh, there's no hard feelings here. I I hope the best for him. I know he will do well. He's a great coach. But even though I think Frank Martin probably could have gotten Carolina back to where they were in 2017, I think that people were getting a little impatient and wanted something new. And that's what they got. They got Lamont Paris from out of Chattanooga, which is actually where I grew up, um, up there at UTC. Um, a lot of people said he was unproven, but Carolina, you know, with all this NIL stuff and the transfer portal, they you have to get somebody in here that is young and knows his way around that transfer portal and can recruit well in the transfer portal, not just recruit out of high school, because that's the name of the game now. Um, and he proved that in at Chattanooga. And uh, Chattanooga got to the tournament, and it seemed I – don't, I don't know exactly how many players were, trans, or were transfers from the previous year, but um, no matter what the number was, he was getting them there. He was getting them there to Chattanooga. So imagine – or I, I imagine that – uh, South Carolina just thought if he can bring him to Chattanooga, he can bring him to Columbia, South Carolina. Yeah, and that is, I mean, young coach, this is where if you're moving on from a guy like Frank Martin, you can't go and get another grizzled vet who's been doing it at the same spot for a while and try to implement his culture into ours and try to start, like, try to basically try to keep going without stopping. This was a This was a move that puts a puts a pause on our on our our growth as a as a franchise and that's all right though i mean i think as a as a young coach he is going to be able to work that transfer portal he did get chattanooga out of all teams into the tournament so as a team who's literally just looking for a tournament berth because the past couple of years have been so mediocre that it is it's gonna be it's gonna be nice. I think give him a couple years, give him time to build. I think eventually he will get this into a, a high fighting program and will be one. Of, one we, I don't know if we'll be one of the top tier ever because I just don't think. I mean, you go to we've gone to the, every single game this year, and I've been told to sit down three times already. Oh, um, let's not just glaze over that. Yeah, I, I'm any aware. students listening to this podcast, it is. Absolutely ridiculous for you to come to these basketball games, especially SEC games. We're not we're not out here playing uh, lower tier teams that have haven't made the play or haven't made the tournament in God knows how long. And also, these are all must win games. Yeah, Every they're absolutely game. must win games, especially when you're when you're five hundred in the SEC. Of course, we're not five hundred anymore, but students. If you come to these basketball games and you sit down and then complain about people standing up because you can't see, you don't need to be there. Go home. It's a better view on TV. If you if and like this is not an if you don't want to cheer or whatever, that's fine. Like if you don't want to be loud, I don't care. If you don't want to stand up, I don't care. Don't complain about the people who are trying to support your student athletes. Absolutely. And yeah, uh, could you imagine if there was somebody at the basket or at football games st- sit- or sitting behind you and asking you to sit down because they can't see? You'd look at him. You go, "What the hell's wrong with you? Yeah, Get out of here!" Is this your first game? Yeah, and th- so we've had 
countless people. Well, actually, it's three. It's not countless. I, I've had it. I've had it. It's engraved in my head. Yeah. So against Texas A&M, a tech against Old Miss, and then against Auburn, three home games. Uh, two of them that we easily could have won, and that we're getting told to sit down late in the late in the second half. So why are you there? If you're not gonna let the other like, if you're just gonna be a little a little turd on the back, just yeah. not even supporting the team. And it's it's we sit down during timeouts, we sit down during halftime, yep. but whenever the game's going on, it's not like we're out here watching baseball where it's it's slow it's a slow paced game where you can sit there and have a bag of peanuts. Um, this is basketball. It's high pay. It's high paced. Uh, these these guys. It's a, it's. I would like to call it a contact sport, but it seems like any contact is no, is not a if, if it's contact on South Carolina, it is not not allowed. <laughs> they, they can't even stand there, hands up, not even touch anybody without getting a foul call. So oh, I will. That's the one thing I will give them is that no matter how bad we're losing, the refs will still hate us. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, still I think hate we us. have a little bit of something to do with that. Yeah, we might, and it. That what bums me out is that the people who get mad about us standing and then get mad about, like, the... Yeah, basically, just us getting in the way are also the same people who are mad that our basketball team is bad and are mad saying, oh, Lamont's... Oh, you guys wanted him over Frank and crap like that. And it's... They need... There needs to be a home court advantage. This is college basketball. Home court is everything. And if the student section isn't rocking, which it rarely is at Colonial Life, yeah. then... We're not going to be able to give our players an atmosphere to lift them up and lift up their their skills and b- get it past this competition. We were we were down by ten against Auburn, and that's the loudest it got. But it didn't stay loud. It, they missed a couple shots, and it got quiet again. And yeah. all of a sudden, we lost by fifteen. So yeah. the if we make it a close game, if we make it. Uh, we go, we start cheering from the jump, uh, like you and I do, then we can give the players an advantage where there's an advantage in Kentucky. There's an advantage now in Alabama, in Florida. The the student section was rocking last night. Uh, hell, everywhere has a, almost seems like has a better student section than we do. Yeah, and uh, and the and these other these better student sections they don't they don't uh, they're not a good student section whenever. Uh, it's a good game, and right now, right now, let me start with this. Whenever them players come out of the locker room, and they look around, and that and they student can hear section, a pin drop. yeah, and they can hear a pin drop. They, it seems like to me that they, and then they start playing for personal stats instead because, of yes. yeah, as a, instead of as a team because um, honestly, I think they come out there and and say, man, we're we're playing an SEC team, and there's like I can count on one hand how many people are sitting in the lower student section. I'm getting out of here. I'm going somewhere else. No, it's bad morale to the players. It's bad. It's a bad look on us when you look nationally. When the like I know they're on half the games are on SEC Network, but when people are watching on SEC Network, it's uh, they see us and they just see they see you and me, and that seems like half the time that's about it, and. Not saying, you know, everyone has to be as annoying and as loud as us. Yeah. But 
just go stand up, clap, try to get the people involved. And I understand. Say a hooray. Yeah. And I understand these other teams that have these great student sections have great basketball teams. We at the moment are not blessed with that. So it's up to us to show up and make it fun. And I think if we do, we're going to win some games that we're not supposed to. And because we're going to get we're going to get in these other teams' heads and it's just going to be a fun environment and it'll be fun to go to. Also, people don't like people always go they they always ask me, hey, why even go to the game? Like, we're gonna lose by forty. Why are you even gonna go? And it's to the point where I'm obsessed. But <laughs> but it's all it's also because if I'm not there, who's gonna be out there cheering for these guys? And these, no matter how you look at it, no matter how bad you think they are at basketball, they're students of ours, and they sh- we should be cheer. If you are enrolled here, you should be cheering for them. And it's it it's just to the to the point where there's no one that seems like they care about him anymore, which yeah. is sad. And well, another thing that's really gotten on my nerves, is, especially this season, are these guys who sit in the student section and yell at the players about their parlays. About how oh my god, I that, don't know if that's new or not, but this is the first time we've been hearing about it. The, they're yelling at Michi Johnson to get him another three because they, they're they're down by, like, 15, and they're like, Michi, just hit a three. We need two more points from you. These kids do not want to hear that. No. Why would they? Like, if I would, if I was them, I'd purposely just be like, I am not shooting again. Like, I'm going to find my – unless it's wide open and I can get a layup or whatever. Yeah. But, like, why should I do anything for you guys if you're – like, and they also – Bet on the other teammate, the other team's players. Yeah, I was. And they're like, they're like, oh, we need number eight on or number eight on Arkansas to get eight points or whatever. And they're cheering for him whenever he scores. It's like, what are you doing? Get out of the student section. It's embarrassing. And it's 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 angering. Yes. Um, irritable. Yeah. You know, we were supposed to talk about the last 421 days, but it is hard to talk about the last 421 days when it comes to Carolina basketball. No, so, and there's it's not there's no, it's not like there's highlights to look back on like in the uh, like in the the football season. Like we yeah. can go back and pinpoint when things happened and things were cool, but here it's just it's a it's a weird weird roller coaster of pain where we end up and our best win of the season is against the number one seed of the Atlantic Coast Conference. Yeah. Can yep. you believe that? Yep. The be- oh, one of the best conferences in college basketball and the leader of it, their wa- their f- one of their four losses is to us. <laughs> and you know what? You-, you look at it and you go, maybe because the crowd was sold out. Maybe because the – I remember I wasn't even there. I was. This was the one game I've missed all season – uh, at least home game that student sec- that student was there, but yeah, the one game I miss, I have a water polo tournament back at home, and I'm watching on TV. And you know what the announcers pointed out multiple times? They pointed out that the student section for South Carolina is really giving them a boost. Yeah, and that we we went we end up winning by two to one of the best teams in the country right now. And if we could pack that crowd like it's Clemson every week, we can. Not lose by forty three to Tennessee. Yeah, and of course we might just be beating a dead horse here because it seems like we always try to get our friends to come and they'll come to one game and then 
Yeah, that's really the other. No, and I know I get like I and I also I get like if you don't like if I if you don't care like that's just don't go like don't go to the games but don't come to the games and then be angry that we're cheering and standing up. Yeah, and I that's un- what bothers me. I understand that maybe you don't care about basketball, but if you care about basketball, if you you know if you're staying at home night and you've got you've got NBA on, come to a game. It is it is honestly fun if you can get into it. Also, we have four years. To get as many courtside seats as we possibly can get before we never get them for free ever again. Yeah. This is like these seats that we're we stand in are probably like if this was an NBA arena, thousand dollar seats. Yeah. Like I'll we, never sit in a seat like that again. No, never again. So I challenge you to come take those seats from us because we've gotten them every game this season. Even when so, we're late. Yeah. Even uh, there was the, yeah well, who'd we play that Ole Miss Auburn. that oh yeah it was Auburn yeah we came late to Auburn no that was uh, that was Saturday I'm talking about whenever we showed up at like almost tip off that was it wasn't Ole Miss it was a Saturday game we didn't realize I think it was Tennessee no I'm talking about the Tuesday game no the yeah then Ole Miss but yeah yeah we uh, we showed up I think it was like 15 minutes after that gates opened which is tip off for us. Yeah, um, yeah, because we normally show up about thirty minutes before the game, uh, before the before gates, the, before open. The gates yes. open. My bad, yeah. my bad. But nothing would make me angrier, but also happier to to show up at that student gate and see that there's already twenty people there, and we're gonna have to sprint to go get those seats. Oh yeah, no, that would, that would get me excited. That get me that make me feel like there's a real atmosphere coming in, and not just because they're offering you free pizza. Also, they, that being said, can we get some goddamn T-shirts? Yeah. Like, they, Maryland does T-shirts, like, every two weeks. Yeah. It's like, they're, yeah, they're home stretch. Oh, student section, you know, every seat is covered in a T-shirt. It doesn't matter if you're the first 300 or whatever. Like, why haven't we got – we haven't gotten one. We've been there for four years. And we, we, can, years. We, we can bring our own towels. Give us a T-shirt. Yeah, give it, and also, give us a towel that means something. Like, for the guys who go to every game, us – We've had we have a million of the same towels. Yeah. I catch a towel from the cheerleaders every game. <laughs> Give us something else that we could have. Last, remember last game, uh, the cheerleader throws me a towel. I go, I don't even need this. You yeah. Threw it to other people. There, there was that one uh, the cheerleader. He uh, he reared back to throw into the into the uh, like the very high the lower section, <laughs> and he just whiffs and throws it throws it straight at this guy next to us. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, that's our spiel about college basketball. Uh, let's talk. So we didn't even mention we have Gigi Jackson, the the number one player of next year's class, reclassified. He was gonna go to North Carolina, but he reclassifies. They don't have enough scholarships for this year to give it to him, so he comes here, and I like, of course. Of course I like him. I love Gigi Jackson. I think he's a baller. I think he's a dog. It just stinks that – it stinks that he doesn't have any help around him. And the help around him, like Michi Johnson, who we joked about was being the best player, He, he when he's on, he can be the best player. He can sh- shoot six threes a game. Yeah. But there's a lot of games where he's not on. And Jackson – he can really he can get to any spot he wants on the court. It's just a matter of if he sinks it or not. Yeah, and it seems like we watch him do a you know a turnaround 
like ten foot jumper, and you know it'll hit the front of the rim. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I watch that about six times a game, and it's not that you should stop shooting them. It, it's not. Or I'm not asking you to stop shooting them every game. I'm asking you to stop shooting them whenever you've missed three in a row. That game. Yeah, and that that's the other thing with this team is that it's a lot. There's not a lot of ball movement. There's not a lot of and when we do have ball movement, there's open shots. They just don't go in. Yeah. And more recently, the past couple games, we have been switching to a a zone defense which is something I haven't seen us do really ever. And mm. it seems like it's really been working. It, it definitely helps when we run the run the small ball lineup and and do that. But it's... And, but it kind of... Is it working? Because it seems like we're getting, we're getting run out of the building, our own building, against... Uh, we, I, don't, I didn't see much zoning against Tennessee... I no, I didn't. Yeah, of, I didn't see much against Tennessee. It was after that where I saw it. Yeah, and A and M. I mean, you can. We lost by forty something, but if you were at that game or if you watched that game, you knew that everything A and M was putting up, it was going in. And, okay, sorry about that. We uh, had some technical difficulties that cut us off, but uh, what were we talking about? We were talking about A and M um, about how everything just uh, in that second half seemed to be going in. Um, and it's not like they were getting open shots because they were shooting everything uh, within the last two seconds of the shot clock, and it they just kept falling and falling and falling. And it was so degrading to watch in the stands, and to to it had to have been degrading as a as a player just because you were playing great defense, but everything and I mean everything was falling for these guys. Yeah, that's the other thing. That there's a lot of stretches where the team plays their best basketball against us, and whether that's because of the the zone or the or the defense or the players on the court, or maybe it's us chirping in the the stands. But we these players get fired up to play against us, and there's a lot of a lot of players like the on tennis or on Auburn that that tall guy that dropped 27. You know yeah. who normally averages what four points a game. Oh really? Yeah, I didn't so, know that. No, I thought he was their. Be- it looked like he was their best player the whole season, and we we have guys that go off of, against us all the time, and everything just falls in. Like Mississippi before that, before that game that we played, they were on a, a six game losing streak, and they come out and they, they it seems like they didn't miss anything that game either. So it's hard, and it's hard when your best player is freshly eighteen. Yeah, he is. He was. Uh, he was a seventeen-year-old until I think it was December thirtieth or something. Yeah, but, it was almost January. Yeah, so he's been eighteen for a month now, maybe not even. So that's where a lot of the the talks when we were talking about how his shots are short, but he can always get to the he can always get his spot, and he is he's trying to be the leader of this team, but he plays ultimately how he is, which is an 18-year-old kid. So that that's some some problems that we got to work with. We really need like a strong voicing leader and I thought that was going to be Hayden Brown this year. Yeah. Which is which is very disappointing because he has not had a great year and He's fun to watch though. He's very physical. Yeah, he is very physical and that but that gets him in trouble. He fouls out I feel like every other game. Yeah. So he fouled out with like 8 minutes left last game. So he he's always 
uh, he is a good presence on the court, but I just, I felt like he would have a lot of the the fundamentals locked down, where it doesn't seem like anyone on the court has a lot of the fundamentals locked down. Yeah, but at the same time, uh, we can be frustrated with this team, and I, I think this is kind of where I want to leave it off. Mm-hmm. Um, we can be frustrated with this team all we want, but man, did uh, I mean you you can think it's Lamont Paris, you can think it's the way he runs his offense. Or you can look at these players and realize that you have, like, two returners from last year and everyone else is, you know, it seemed like it seemed like Carolina was scraping the bottom of the barrel because I don't think anybody wanted to come here. And, and be, because, you know, Lamont Paris wasn't a very big name. Um, hopefully, you know, the, the uh, players that are hopefully coming in now uh, – are are like like Lamont, and I think they have a four star that uh, just recently. Um, yeah, I committed. Think you have a four star that committed. But things, even if you don't think they're looking up, will get better because I I think you you've seen or you're starting to see the very bottom of what South Carolina basketball can achieve. This is as as we cemented uh, or. Called it for Shane Beamer two years ago. We have to be fair to Lamont Harris as well, where this is year zero. It's not going to look pretty. There's going to be a lot of – there's going to be a 30-0 to loss to Clemson. Yeah. And we didn't give up immediately on Beamer after that, at least if I, – I thought you were an idiot if you did. Yeah. And that – like, that. that's what this year is going to be. And, you know, you can come in, you can give whatever expectations you want to Gigi Jackson, but nevertheless, as I mentioned – 18 years old, he uh, he can't be the, the the leader, and the he can't push this team to a conference or not a conference, but a NCAA tournament all by himself. So you gotta let let the players come, let the players build, and maybe he stays in like to end it off. I I maybe he stays another year. He's still being projected as a top 10 NBA talent. Mm-hmm. So I figured he's just I figured he's just gonna go to the draft. No, but I would. Yeah, I would too, but I'd also would hate to see him play anywhere else as a college team. Yeah, and I, I think he probably did want to go to North Carolina, but um, let's not get into that. What no, it didn't work out for him, so why, why talk about ifs? So yeah. let's talk about something that did, not to steal your transition, but no, you I just it. thought about it. And uh, not to steal, oh God, now I lost it. Yeah? Yeah, but... To talk about something that did happen here that was great. No ifs, no buts. The women's basketball team, national champions, yeah. 2022. And we talked a lot about this women's basketball team on the uh, the radio show when we originally did it. And they, we knew this year that they were going to come in and they were going to whoop some butt. And they got over the hump. They beat the, the teams that they need to beat. I think they ended off with one loss all season. Uh yeah, they lost to Kentucky. Remember in the SEC tournament? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, so they didn't win. The, they didn't win the conference, but they did win the uh, the national championship. And you know this off season, or I guess this past off season, it was all about regroup and reload. And, and boy, did they reload! <laughs> did they even need to though? Because nah. they still had Aaliyah Boston coming back. Um, Beal still here. Yeah. They, they are. A machine, an absolute machine, and it like we we don't go to his 
enough women's basketball games. Not enough as we should go to. Sundays are tough for us. The issue is that they are so good that it's 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 almost hard to watch because it's hard to watch the other women run around for 40 minutes and get cardio. That's yeah. literally all they're doing. The This team is so good that by the end of the second quarter, it's no longer a competition. And... Like they are, they their defense is is amazing. They're they're letting these women only score like twelve a quarter. Like these, and there's been some blowouts where they blew out at home, Coastal Carolina, one hundred and two to thirty nine. <laughs> that's not even. How are you supposed to watch that? That's <laughs> no. such an ass beating. And we we don't mean to we don't mean to seem uh, we don't want to seem like we're con. Uh, like we're going against what we were just talking about with uh, the men's team, like not showing up because it's not a good game. No, but they have support. They and have. They will always have support. They have plenty of support. And the other thing is, I like I'm not, I'm sorry I'm not going to sit and watch Charleston score 23 against us. Yes, yeah. we would score, and I'm sure the 87 is going to be great. But there's there comes to a point where there needs to be some sort of stakes. Like at least the men's game, if we blow them out by this much. It's a complete something happened to the other team where yeah. they're not even walking anymore. Well, but. And you go into uh, these women's games, you, you know, with the men's games, it's just like if we win this game, that'd be huge. Mm-hmm. And the women's game is just like if we if we, if lose we do this it, game, we, if it'll we do, be huge. Yeah, if we do anything but win by twenty, <laughs> then like yeah, we kind of messed up. Yeah, but um, looking at their uh, their schedule earlier, you know, they had that big win against Stanford, and um, that was the closest. Game this whole year. Yeah, that went Five to overtime. Five-point game that went to overtime. And that's the type of teams that you're going to have to come. Like, number 10, Maryland. Number 10's a joke to us. Yeah. You want to play against us with number 10? No, nah, yeah. get out of here. Yeah. We, uh, if you're not top five, it's not going to be close. And coming up in the next coming stretch, they have, they have number five, Connecticut, and number four, LSU, which... We need to be at the building at. Yeah, That's both, the one. Both we, S or both Sunday games. So, if you're sitting at home, you want to go to you want to go watch the national championship team because they won it last year, and this this is pretty much the same team. And if you're not happy with that, they're going to be it this year because, um, I mean, Stanford and and South Carolina are the only ones that that they stand alone. Who is number two? Do you uh, know Stanford? They are. Yeah. No, they're three. Oh, who moved up? I don't know. That's why I asked. Oh, my bad. Uh, oh, Ohio State moved up. Oh, good for them. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess they want to be bumped by us. Oh, I guess Stanford lost destroyed. again. Who well, else they lost they? to USC. Unranked USC. That, well, the, also, the, I'm the crappy excited. one out in California. Yeah, I was going to say, the, the hillbilly one in California. I'm excited for that to come into fruition. Are we gonna have our, our are we gonna have USC as our as our logo from now on, like in on ESPN and on uh, Fox whenever we play and stuff like that? No, you really won't see it because it's still gonna be the Gamecock. It's still gonna be the the block the block C. Uh, with the Gamecock. Yeah, no, 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 not that. I meant like the, you know how they have, it's right now it's so car. Is it going to yeah. switch to USC? Oh, I don't know. I or, doubt it. Or S-car, I think. Scar. Yeah. I don't mind Scar. I think Scar is pretty badass. Yeah. 
But um, yeah, probably not. You're uh, it, people are people are satisfied with seeing USC and uh, seeing South Carolina. And I'm not gonna lie. Whenever I moved to uh, to um, Charleston, it was it was honestly kind of weird hearing like these uh, these kids start saying that they were gonna go to USC. I was just like, Golly, is this some sort of pipeline to California? Yeah, we're just all getting shipped off. <laughs> yeah, but um, <clears throat> obviously, I picked up pretty quick that that meant South Carolina. But anyway. Um, yeah, uh, we got uh, the men's game this weekend against Georgia. Uh, we're not going to talk about last night. Um, this one, I, I I wish I didn't even watch last night, and I I didn't watch because I was I think I was playing basketball on my own when they were going out. But it uh it the the scoreboard did not look great. Yeah, and uh, one thing th- this weekend it's the. Uh, um, SEC Big 12 Challenge. South Carolina never gets to participate, um, which is honestly I wish they would because that's honestly uh, one of my favorite parts of college basketball is SEC Big 12 Challenge. Um, like you've got, uh, I think, K- Kentucky and Kansas play a lot. Uh, and Tennessee and Texas, which is the uh, uh, college game day, is going to be there. Auburn, West Virginia, Alabama, Oklahoma. Um, let's see, Florida, Kansas State, who, Kansas State, they were on a tear there for a while, but I think they just lost recently. Um, yeah, Kansas at, uh, at Kentucky. Um, but yeah, that's, I just, you know, Big 12 only has 12 teams. Uh, SEC has 14. We're always one of the two. It's us in Georgia. Yep. Just hanging out with that one. Yep. But, uh. That being said, Brady, you got anything else? No. With one thing I will say, uh, it might throw off our pacing, but you you wanted to talk about the Shane Beamer contract. We never got to it. Yeah. Um, uh, what year is he through now? He's through. He's got a six year extension. Yeah, uh, through twenty twenty seven, I believe. Six point five million dollars. There's a lot you could do with $6.5 million, and I, we don't have to talk about that because I think people know that. Um, but would would you be surprised that $6.5 million, you're not even in the top half of highest-paid coaches? I The way that college football is going nowadays, I'm, I'm not shocked. Yeah, the, with this the, – the, the NIL deals, the, the money that's coming into college football – all these guys are going to be making more and more and more. Yeah, and uh, going back to the transfer portal, um, these coaches, their their workload has been doubled, tripled, because not only they have to having to worry about recruiting, they have to worry about on, recruiting the the guys that may transfer by the end yeah, of the year. And in my mind, that recruiting in the transfer portal has to be way more important than recruiting. Uh, out of high school because these are guys that are going to play right now and I know that you're recruiting for the future out of high school but who's to say that they're going to stick around yeah so and uh, not uh, not only that I imagine the head coaches have the final say in uh, NIL deals and how much money they're divvying, divvying out um, Florida just you know just made a giant boo-boo that's <laughs> At a uh, with their NIL stuff, um, I can't remember his name. 
off the top of my head. It's it's actually kind of a catchy name. I wish I could tell you. The Florida um, guy who left? Yeah, or he hasn't left yet. Um, but he signed his letter, right, that he's out? Yeah, because they... Anyway, it's not that important. But they they signed this guy to thirteen, or they they didn't sign him. They told him that he was going to get thirteen million dollars of nil. First of all, if you're getting told that, obviously you're not going to d- decline it. Being an eighteen year old kid hasn't played a snap of college football in his life, getting paid uh, thirteen million dollars to do it, that's ridiculous. <laughs> but that point aside, Florida, why'd you offer or why'd you tell him that? Yeah, if you couldn't do it, why, why, why tell them? I, I think at the time that they, 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 they knew that they could do it, or they didn't know it, but they thought that they could do it. Things kind of, you know, maybe uh, these pledges from um, boosters, maybe they didn't pan out saying, hey, I know I pledged this much, but I, 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 uh, that check's not going to clear. Here's another one, half as much. But... I don't know. It's uh it's it's a crazy world of college football. You're gonna see teams uh that you're gonna see teams like Texas. Alabama's gonna stay up there, Tennessee's up there. Uh let's see, other profitable uh Ohio State. Oh, they're all Michigan. gonna stay up there. And it's gonna I think it's exciting though, because uh, because of the transfer portal, because these guys can go whenever they feel like it, it adds a, a sense of a sense of parity, yeah. Where you can you can get these guys to be better, and you can do that and do this. Meanwhile, most of them go to, uh, most of them go to, to to the big schools that we just mentioned. Yeah, and the the only thing that I'm going to say about it because I feel like if you're if you're into college or college football or just college sports in general. Uh, that you know, that's all you think thought about. That's all you've heard about. So we're not going to spend that much time on it because you have your own opinions. Um, but you can't, in my opinion, you cannot have nil and the ability to transfer with no penalty, because then you're you're literally creating a free agency for college uh, for college athletes every single year. Yeah. And um, you know, only another- the worst part about the free agency. Is that at least in the NFL you know who's going to be a free agent or not? Yeah. Here it's random. Yeah. Like all and of a sudden, Jaheim Bell, he's not going to the draft anymore. He's transferring out because he's yeah. getting more money somewhere else. Yeah, and only fifty percent of players who have entered the transfer portal have actually gone somewhere. So there, there's still plenty of players floating around out there, and you're you're gonna start seeing here very very soon. I'm talking in the next couple weeks. You're going to see some players that you know were all over the headlines about transferring. They're going to start. They're going to start coming back because they're literally, it it costs them nothing to go into that transfer portal, but come back. Yeah. It costs them nothing to go in there, say, hey, show me your offers. Let's and see then, what I can get. And if I can't get anything, I'll come right back. Yeah, and at the same time, school that I just left, show me your best offer, and then we'll see where I go. Yeah. And it, it's very, it's very cool, and it's something that these players that are, you know, their whole life is based around playing college football. It is something that needed to happen because they, old old guys were just making so much money off of their name, yeah, yeah. 
and the way that they play, um, that they needed a cut out of that. And well, and I think that's why you you give this boost to to Shane Beamer. You give him you give him somewhere like th- he's clearly a personable guy who is who's l- well liked by the players and has gotten plenty of transfers to already come to this program. So if we're if we're using this as like this is the future of college football, you got to have someone to grow with the future with. And he's a young coach that seems like he wants to be here. So I think to wrap up, we kind of went on another tangent again. But to yeah, wrap no up the uh, the extension, that I seem seems like uh, the number one reason why they they did it this early. Yeah, but uh, anyway, that's pretty much gonna wrap it up for us. Uh, we you know. We could go on for another hour and a half, but unfortunately, we only got about eight minutes to get out of this studio. So, uh, I, uh, I'm Riley Hudson. I'm Brady Fitzgerald. And that has been The Countdown.